Thriller writer Stephen Johnson sends an ambitious TV news team once again into dangerous territory in his new book, Boxed. The expat Australian was a finalist in the 2020 Naomi Marsh Best First Novel category with Tugger's Mob. It was the first outing for Kim and Joe and the rest of the Melbourne Spotlight TV crew. In Boxed, the nightmare of an imprisoned woman unfolds alongside a murder mystery involving greyhound racing trainers. Amelia Langford reads from Boxed. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. This is Kim Prescott of Melbourne Spotlight reporting from the Brisbane Rangers for our next scintillating scoop of the year. Good enough for you? Yep. Dougal laughed quietly, but I can't imagine anything beating our tugger's mob extravaganza. Well, I hope it wasn't a once-in-a-career story, Dougal. This one deserves a lot of attention. Remember the outcry after the ABC's Four Corners expose? Everyone thought that the industry learned from its mistakes. But maybe they haven't. It's time to find out. She looked towards Dougal and nodded. The investigative reporter was ready for work. Five seconds later, the cameraman whispered in unison, recording. A few metres in front of me is the property under investigation. It's about 40 kilometres north of Geelong, and it's a mixed bag of sheep grazing and canola crops. However, it is the owner's passion for training greyhounds that has brought us here tonight. We've been told that this is the venue for something more sinister. Stephen, I was wondering, often they say the second book is the nightmare for a novelist, but I wonder in this instance where it's the next uh, inner plan series, you've already got to know Kim and the team, understand them. Has this been an easier or a harder book for you, number two? It was actually an easier book for me. Uh, The first book was very much unexpected. I convinced my wife to sell the house, give up our jobs, go to Europe and uh, tour around for seven months in a motorhome not expecting that I'd come back with a novel and a change in career. So uh, that became the first book, which, you know, as a novice, literally I was just finding my way blindly. But the lessons learned from that, I sort of quickly adapted for the second book. And I probably enjoyed the second book more because I understood the process better. And with the first book, I had to create the characters to make the story. It was this, the idea that niggled at me that made me write the first book. With the second book, I had the characters in place with the television current affairs crew. And um, so I just had to develop them. And in fact, with Kim Prescott and Joe Triscothic, they were minor players in the first book. But um, someone said to me along the way, I said, you've got a couple of really great characters there. Have a good think about what you do with them in the future. And when the idea came up for Box. It just made sense to develop them. Ah, and that's the next question, of course, is where the idea for Box came from. And you refer very early on about the uh, the scandal that was associated with Greyhound racing um, those few years ago. So had that stayed with you, or is Greyhound racing something you've had an interest in in the past? I did work for the racing board for many years, literally since about 2000, freelancing, doing other projects. And my last two years with them, I worked on the Greyhound program called Dog Zone. So I had an idea of the uh, greyhound racing industry, but more from a production television producer point of view. I wouldn't call myself an expert anyway. But from the first book, that was quite a unique proposal, a story that happened on a bus tour 30 years previously, having a conclusion 30 years later because of the rediscovery of a diary. And I thought, well, that was a unique approach. What can I do that's a bit unique in the second one? And I 
could never recall any books about greyhound racing or crime fiction books. And so I just brainstormed on that idea and I thought, well, there's so much controversy and so much polarisation about the industry after that expose in 2015. So I just let my, my brain wander and um, it developed from there. So the greyhound racing industry is really the tapestry to develop the story that Kim and Joe and this other mystery woman who develops early in the book. So it's their fate, their lives, which are put in danger by this killer bent on revenge. So the greyhound racing industry is not under investigation as such. It's a tapestry that I work with, but um, the story that you start with, they investigate allegations of uh, live baiting continuing in Australia, you know, several years after the horror of that expose by the ABC. So I thought it would be a topic that would raise a lot of interest with people and readers. You understand the greyhound industry. What about the TV current affairs industry? Because we spend a lot of time with Kim and the team in their studio, the, the egos, the um, the desire to hold <laughs> on to a, you know, your story at all costs. And it gets, it gets very personal for Joe, a personal connection with one of the suspects, no less. I worked at the ABC in Melbourne, uh, Channel 7 in Melbourne. I was senior producer on the network news at TVNZ. Um, at TV3, I've worked for most of the production houses around the uh, the country, so some lovely people, some interesting people. So that was my background. And, again, I was looking for a point of difference with the story, you know, rather than, say, the, I wouldn't say stereotypical policeman trying to investigate a murder. I just thought, well, I'd have a bit more fun with the current affairs crew who are endlessly curious about things. And as you see from books one and two, Kim has a habit of finding bodies wherever she goes, a bit like Miss Marple going to a, a weekend party and uh, finding a, a body in the library or wherever. So, you know, why can't Kim do that? So I, I was looking for a point of difference with, with that. Yeah, that, but there's that conflict too, isn't there? Because, I mean, it's, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's in the first few pages. They go to this greyhound track believing they'd find evidence of blooding of greyhounds and they find a body. And, you know, you could instantly ring the police and back right off or you could realise that you have a really good story here and get your images kind of while ringing the police or just before ringing the police. They're not trying to obstruct the inquiry, but the longer you're on a crime scene, the more chance you have for contamination. So there is this friction between the media and the police. Exactly. And that's probably applying all my sort of um, experience over the years. I actually walked in on a stabbing at Channel 7 Studios um, many years ago in the 80s. A guest on the Hinch program had been uh, attacked and stabbed. I can't remember if it was before going on the program or after it, but um, it was quite a horrendous scene. But I was the news chief of staff that day, and my obligation was to, to get the story for our program. I knew people would be calling the police, but we had to get, you know, what pictures we could that would be able to air at six o'clock that night at the same time, you know, protecting the scene and that sort of thing. So um, journalists are always aware of the boundaries they must not cross, and, but they're also aware an exclusive story. An ambitious reporter will always be pushing that, that boundary as far as possible. The word boxed is very evocative and we have it in context with the greyhounds. We have it also in context of a mystery woman who is trapped. So every couple of chapters will get day 133 or one day 135 from the prisoner's 
perspective. And given that you write so much from experience, I'm hoping that you've never known what it is to be in her situation, which is trapped, dependent on food, beaten up, losing track of time, although she is scratching on the wall. I mean, it's a horrendous situation. It is. And and again, I suppose that's where the author has to talk to people where possible, talk to sources. Uh, It's not something that we we probably want to experience, but you do try to get an accurate depiction of that as possible. And I suppose uh, at times your own imagination can give you some idea. You know, there have been experiences in your own lives where you've found yourself not trapped in a box or anything like that, but, but where you've been under pressure and feeling powerless and out of control. And you think, well, how were your emotions then? And you're just trying to use that. And the point I was trying to make with the woman trapped or been held captive was that she was strong. She had a background as a, a nurse, had been in war zones, and she'd been trained what to do to survive. She, she wasn't going to uh, be cowed. She uh, was determined to survive any way possible, which, you know, that was a strength I wanted to uh, progress throughout the book. How much was it a, an encouragement for you, um, becoming a finalist in the Naomi Marsh Awards Stephen, I mean, you've had a very successful career. You've come to writing a little bit later in life. It can bring all kinds of advantages with that, actually, which is experience and knowledge and confidence and all of those good things. But I just wondered, you know, that's it's a very highly contested award. It seems every year there are more and more books in this genre. And, and the genre definition is broadening all the time as well in terms of uh, what crime fiction means. But to be selected from the long list as a finalist, uh, what did it mean to you? It was fantastic. It was a validation because having written that first book purely on spec, you know, just an idea that I thought, I'll just have a go and see how it comes out. The Nio Marsh Awards, being a finalist, that was a validation from my peers, really, that they thought it was a really good, worthwhile book. So that was encouraging and a huge confidence booster going into the later books that um, there is something there because... Working in television for 40 years, I have to admit that I didn't really like writing. (laughs) The vision could always tell a better story than me. So working in news and sports and that, you know, you had the writing stitched the story elements together in a lot of uh, cases for me. So to write a book, you had to carry the read from page one to the end. And, uh, you know, having the Naya Marsh nomination there, that really sort of said, yes, you can do it. Stephen Johnson's novel Box is published by Clandestine Press.